Here we are, we're back together again. Those are the dulcet tones of the wallflowers. My name is Sean Barkley, this is The Well. 10 or 15 minutes every week we talk about issues that are essential to life and faith, how to live wisely and faithfully in this crazy world. And so I look forward to it every week. Uh, this week, oh, I don't know, it's probably Monday, it's Saturday morning here in Cincinnati. I was listening to a TED Talk. I, do, you, do you like TED Talks? I think TED Talks are so interesting and such a huge gift. I got my master's degree, I guess I was about 25 years old when I graduated. And for me, school was just about graduating. And I spent more time worrying about graduating than I did learning. And I have some regrets about that. I wish I would have been more engaged with what I was learning, but instead I was just so busy just getting out and getting started with life. And so for me, listening to a TED Talk is like going back to school. And you can learn anything about anything. And so if you've never listened to a TED Talk, just Google it and think about something you'd like to know more about, and you can listen to a 10 or 15 minute, maybe 20 minute lecture or essay on that subject. So I was listening to a TED Talk this week hosted by David Brooks. If you don't recognize his name, he's a former a columnist for the New York Times. He's been on, uh, he's, you know, he's got several best-selling books. You see him on cable TV. And he was giving a 15-minute essay entitled, The Lies Our Culture Tells Us. And of course, that just grabbed my attention because I'm keenly interested in observing culture and comment, making commentary on culture and also trying to speak faith into this culture where we are. And he talked about, Brooks did, back in 2013, he was going through a season in his life where he was feeling dis disconnected and detached. So that's about six years ago. And he told his story. He was living alone. He had just gotten divorced. His children had gone away to college. He had work friends, so he was busy during the week, but his weekends were incredibly lonely. And he said his soul felt, quote, empty. And he thought about this intense loneliness and despair that he was experiencing and he realized that he's not the only one. And so he gave some statistics. 35% of all Americans over the age of 45 report being chronically lonely. I mean, think about that. All the people you know over the age of 45, you look at a crowd, a third of them say, I am almost always lonely. Here's another one. And this one kind of hit home with me. Only 8% of all Americans report having a meaningful interaction with a neighbor in the past year. So in other words, think about this. All of us have neighbors, or most of us do, only 8% of us really even talk to our neighbors and have a meaningful conversation. The fastest growing religious group in America, and this hits really close to home for me also, fastest growing religious group in the U.S. is the religious unaffiliated, quote unquote. And so what Brooks observed is that we have a social and relational crisis in this country. He said, yeah, we have all these different crises that you know these different issues and all this stuff going on but one of the main concerns we have as a country is that we are in crisis when it comes to our socialization and our relationships with one another and then he talked about the lies that our culture teaches us and one of them is that many of us tend to think that we are what we accomplish in other words our worth can be measured by what we accomplish professionally, what we accomplish in our community, whatever the case may be, that's who we are. That is the sum total of our life, is our accomplishments. And so, you know, I think about my own life. I'm 
a Presbyterian minister at Crestview Presbyterian Church in Cincinnati. If Crestview Church flourishes, then I'm a good pastor. And if I'm a good pastor, then I'm a valuable member of the community. And if I'm a valuable member of the community and I make my contribution, then I'm a good person. And if I'm a good person, then I'm worthy of taking up space on this planet. But it all circles back to, I am worthy of taking up space on this planet if the church I serve flourishes. And you can do the exact same thing with whatever it is you're involved in. Many of us measure our worth based on what we accomplish. And what Brooks said is that's a lie. What truly brings you and me joy and fulfillment in life is not just the sum total of our accomplishments. Believe me, we've all got them. We can go dust off the trophies in our garage if we want and see the things we've accomplished. We can look back on the newspaper articles or whatever the case may be and think that's what gives me worth. That's what's going to make my life feel joyful and relevant and meaningful and satisfied. And the truth is what really brings you and me joy and fulfillment is having a deep relationship with God and with one another. The New Testament, Paul wrote to Timothy, sort of a fledgling, up-and-coming young Christian leader. And here's what Paul wrote to him. Timothy, command those who are rich, and this is quote, command those who are rich in this world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in what they have, which is uncertain. Don't you love that? Don't put your hope in what you have because what you have is uncertain. It's fleeting, but put your hope in God. And so Paul's saying here what he learned to be true from Jesus in his encounter with Christ and also from what we know from, from life itself, that our God is our creator who loves us, who wants a relationship with us, and has promised to be with us in all seasons. And when we have that relationship, we have deep joy and deep satisfaction. When we have that relationship, we know that God will live with us eternally and we will live with God. And we can believe this and we can have great hope. That addresses the deepest yearning of your life. And so if you find yourself among those who say, I'm chronically lonely, I don't have any meaningful interaction with my neighbor, I am among the religious unaffiliated people in this country, understand that you could be in that crisis because God created you for something different. I mean, I, I have to say, I'm, I am concerned about our culture. And I like to write social commentary. I like to make these podcasts about social commentary. I am worried about where we're going as a culture because I agree that we have a relational and social crisis. I mean, we've all heard the uh, statistics about anxiety and depression. Here's one that has really grabbed my attention. In the years 2015, 2016, and 2017, according to the CDC, those three years, life expectancy in America declined. That is the first three-year decline in over 100 years. Now, why? Why is life expectancy declining? Why are we not living as long as we were previously? There's no world war. There's no plague. There's no spike in terminal illnesses. No, there is a spike in what is called, or what are called diseases of despair, quote, unquote. The opioid crisis, 2018, over 70,000 people died of OD. Addiction and suicide. Suicide rates have climbed by 30% in the last 20 years since 1999. The suicide rate among adolescents 
has increased by 70% in the last 20 years. Diseases of despair. And let me give you just one more indicator. I know I'm just bombarding you with statistics and you're probably feeling depressed right now. That's not the point. The point is that you and I need to think about how we're living our lives and think about where we're getting our worth and think about where we're spending our time. Here's one more indicator, and this has really caught my attention. In Western societies, both the rate of marriages and the rate of births are declining. So we are not getting married at the rate we once did, and we are not having children in Western societies at the rate we once did. Why would this be? Researchers say it's from a lack of hope. People are saying, why bother? We have this deep, deep hopelessness. And God speaks into this. And if you are feeling a sense of hopelessness, God speaks into this. And let me, let me share what God says. Centuries ago, a person who had it all, who wrote, <laughs> whose writings are recorded in the Old Testament, was inspired by God to write these words. The Lord has put eternity in our hearts. The Lord has put eternity in your heart. So what does it mean that eternity is in your heart? It means that it's, the things that are eternal are the things that will really satisfy us. I mean, if we want our hearts to be satisfied, and of course we talked last week, the heart in biblical language is the core of who we are. It's our will, it's our character, it's the control panel for our thoughts. He has put eternity in our hearts. That means the things of eternity are the things that are gonna make you feel satisfied joyful, at peace, and even, I hate to use the word, happy. And so let's contrast. What are the things of this earth? Well, the things of this earth are fleeting. They're temporary. Remember, Paul said, they're uncertain. Don't put your hope in these things. And yet many of us spend all our days pursuing the things of this earth, whether it be the pursuit of wealth, the pursuit of certain experiences or thrills, uh, the pursuit of certain uh, possessions, whatever the case may be, we, a certain career, whatever it is, and you can fill in the blank in your life, but we spend a lot of time pursuing the things of this earth, and when we do, we're, amid, we're among those in those statistics. We're among the 35% who say we feel lonely. We're among the 92% who have no meaningful conversations with the people who live around us. We're among those who are saying, I feel a sense of hopelessness and despair. And unfortunately, many of us become among those religious unaffiliated, just kind of drifting through life. That's what happens when you and I spend our time pursuing the things of this earth. But if God has put eternity in our hearts, what are the things of eternity? Think about that. How would you define the things of eternity in your life? Well, what do we learn from about eternity from God's Word? We live in the presence of God. Eternity is perpetual worship. Eternity is deep relation. These are the things that God has placed in our hearts. And so it's when we pursue these relationship with our Creator and deep relationships with the people around us, his TED Talk that caught my attention. And he's, he was quoting someone else. He, he said, the un really struck me in this Father's Day weekend. The uncommitted person will not be removed. And the groups were committed too. And so if you find yourself and to have that experience, God created you and me to have a deep relationship with him 
in a deep relationship with one another. Food for thought on this Father's Day weekend. I hope you have a terrific weekend, and I will see you next time. Thanks.